What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. Sorry about last week. I got caught up in a lot of work, and uh, we're trying to pay for a wedding, so lots of overtime, and I'm sucking it up like a sponge. So I've been super busy at work. I haven't had a lot of time outdoors, and what I have had to do, I was able to get a couple cameras set uh, for a little velvet fest, if you will. And uh, I found some good sign on two state game lands and also on my own property. I found a little little new funnel. Um, believe it or not, as many years as I've hunted there, it just seems like the deer are maybe now moving slightly different because of a couple down trees in a certain spot. So I got a couple ha- cameras hung in there and uh, I actually got two new cameras. I got two Tacticam Reveal X cameras. And I'm excited to try them out here. I got a couple pictures on my phone already. And it's just something different. I used to use the spy points and nothing against them. Don't knock them at all. I think that they work just fine. But these other cameras are very, very nice. These reveals. Uh, I had a really hard time finding them, actually. So uh, this week's episode, we're going to be joined by Dean Rogel of Redbeard Fly Rod Company. So um, Dean is on an episode of the um, the Buck and Trout podcast, and that's where this episode actually comes from. I really, really enjoyed this episode with Dean, and I wanted to promote it through the Keystone Chronicles, and I think that I might bring a couple of the podcasts that I have with the Buck and Trout through the Keystone Chronicles. The following on the Keystone Chronicles is a lot bigger um, for the podcast listeners than the Buck and Trout page. Um and I, I just, <clears throat> even if you listen to it already, I, I, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. Dean is super knowledgeable, and he knows a lot about fishing. And I, the conversation's great. I think you guys are just really going to enjoy this. So I hope you guys really enjoy. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a good episode here for you today. Mr. Dean, how are you, brother? Good yourself. Happy to be here. Good, man. Good. Let's uh let's start by you introducing yourself. Let the people know who you are, what you're all about, how you got involved, and what you're into. Well, uh, name's Dean Dean Rogel. Uh, my buddies call me Dino. Most uh, that's the most common nickname I go by. Live in uh, Patton, Pennsylvania. Pretty uh, avid fly fisherman. I think that's why uh, Mark invited me here today. Talk about a little bit uh, about my passionate hobby. And, uh, work at Costa's Body Shop in Glitzen, doing collision repair. Love my job. Uh, very happy there. Been there for a few years. And other than that, I just, uh, try to enjoy my life and live it happily. Encourage everybody to, to do that. That's for sure. Yeah. It's good to have you on here, man. Um, kind of wanted to reach out to you because I know you're all about fishing. What kind of fishing are you into? Fly fishing, and, and not really anything but fly fishing, honestly. I don't have anything against spin fishing, bait casting, uh, saltwater, anything else, but uh, fly fishing found me, and it more or less saved my life. And here I am years down the road. I'm building my own rods, tying my own flies, and going on trips that some people never go on in their entire lives. Yeah. How long have you been fly fishing? My uh, first day I was ever, uh, I guess, held a fly rod was in uh, May of 2015, so five, six six years now. And and then only in that six-year time frame you've decided that you're going to start building fly rods. I find that freaking awesome, man. Yeah, I don't don't know what, uh, I guess it kind of all started my first time. To, to Montana in 2016 uh, the year after I had started we kind of I kind of accelerated relatively quickly I'd say to to never holding one in my life to a, a year later fishing uh, some awesome water out in Montana and uh, uh, we visited a fly shop out there and <clears throat> this uh, this back room they had was there all this fancy tools and organized thread and invoices and and holders and whatnot and looked like i just asked the the lady what what that room was for and she said that it was for building fly rods and and i asked a couple questions and that 
fell to the the wayside over the years nothing ever really sparked interest or anything but actually um last year 2020 me uh, my buddy my main fishing buddy uh mike and another friend of ours uh, nugs <clears throat> we were in a group chat talking about last year's trip to, to montana in uh august and we were just up late one night bullshitting on there and talking about this that and the other thing about the trip and and mike just out of kind of nowhere brought up he's like you know you know uh something surprises me you never got into was was building fly rods after that that one time all them years ago in that shop you asked all those questions and and you're so uh attentive to detail and and picky and precise about what you do and just about everything you do and he, he said i'm surprised you never got into that and well the beers kept flowing and the group chat kept rolling and wee hours of the morning a drunken order of a fly rod <laughs> kit and a <clears throat> couple hundred dollars later we were rolling yeah and build one rod and another rod and rod for myself another rod for another buddy and let's make a t-shirt and let's make a few t-shirts and a big t-shirt order later and tons of support and now we're uh <clears throat> pursuing a hobby that may turn into a full tilt business someday and yeah we'll see what happens oh uh, it, it definitely could man i don't know when i found out you made fly rods i said i don't know any guys locally that make fly rods <laughs> yeah now i mean i know guys locally that they tie all their own flies they take care of all that stuff but you know guy like me i i mean I'll, I'll be honest with you i don't want to be a bad host but i i run st croix rods i don't i don't <laughs> yeah. want to oh and this guy this freaking guy yeah, and, and then there's nothing wrong with that you know everybody starts somewhere and, and sometimes that guy you meet on the stream that that is wearing raggedy old patched waders and mm. has a small half-filled fly box can outfish that guy that's wearing 800 sims waders and the latest boots and pack and all trout hunter tippet and the nine hundred dollar fly rod or whatever you know yeah it's all about you know it just everybody's got to start somewhere and the custom rods come into play when you're looking for whether you simply want a certain color thread or a certain style cork or just a complete custom rod that that you cannot buy you know these uh from from Sage to G. Loomis, to, to my knowledge, you can't order that rod, cert, or certain rods anyway, with, per se, a, a, a half-wheels cork, or if it comes standard with the full-wheels cork, or fighting butt or no fighting butt. If you want that specific thing done, you have to reach out and find someone that's capable of doing this stuff. And, and I, like I said, I haven't been in it quite a year yet, but I definitely have developed a passion for building the rods, and definitely a, a meticulous long process to build one but it, it's pretty awesome you know like i said i started with a, a borrowed fly rod borrowed waders and boots and my buddy tying the flies and, and all the knots for me and then i got to tie my own flies and when you catch your first trout on wild brown trout in pennsylvania on your own hand tied fly is pretty rewarding and and now um building the rod to do do that part of it you know and that it's very very rewarding uh place to be did you come on to give away all your good fishing spots no i, I was <laughs> actually thinking i was gonna ask you if i happened to to say anything slips i might have you beep it out yeah. afterwards <laughs> we, will. we will don't worry about it i'll keep i'll keep the treasure map nice and safe <laughs> not saying i won't know then but so have you have any fly rod orders right now I do. I'm in the process of building uh, a one for personal, trying out a new blank. It's a little uh, seven foot, <clears throat> three weight blank, four four piece blank to just for small streams around here. I have a uh, ten foot seven weight rod for a, a good buddy up in Erie uh, that that does a lot of steelhead fishing. He does a lot of uh, fishing on the lake as well. Um, got that going and my first ultralight spinning rod for my buddy Mike's sister that uh, it's it's pushing a pretty expensive build with the, the, the guide she chose and all the carbon fiber grips and everything it's it's uh, scary to work with expensive <laughs> uh, components but right. it's rewarding when it turns out all good and, and done said and done right. so 
No, I love it, man. I think it's I think it's awesome. You know, if I could put my name on something like that, that is you gotta remember if you have a piece of something like that it's around forever oh yeah yeah definitely your kids or possibly you know grandkids or whatever the case would have that stuff forever yeah you know? and if if i happen to god forbid die tomorrow you know the, the rods i have finished and built you know they're gonna be something something to be said i'm sure yeah. not being arrogant or anything but yeah, the the people that have them rods in their possession, you know, it's going to be a, a special a special rod in a vault for for them, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I'm excited. You know, I, you got me excited. I gotta, I might have to get my hands on one now. So, but you build fly rods. You've been fly fishing for about six years. What do you recommend, guys like me, who I have some experience? in the fly rod department but not nothing compared to what you have so there's a lot of guys out there that are listening that are probably beginners or maybe they're interested in getting into it so what would you recommend to somebody like me or somebody who's just dabbling in it oh there there's so many ways to go <laughs> um my personal fly fishing journey and uh and whatnot started all i think just about the same anybody's uh any yeah anybody's does um let me say that um so i was just that that kid that that met mike at at the gym and he had all kinds of tattoos of flies and trout and, and whatnot and i was like oh you fly fish and yeah and and here he had just gotten back a trip from montana and i was a, i was that guy you know the guy that's now asking me like what do I do? Do I read a book? Do I watch a DVD? Do what do I do? You know, <clears throat> and uh, and he and more or less we just set up a time to go, and I borrowed some gear, and, and the, the rest is history. I mean that fly fishing, I said saved my life, and that's a another story. But uh, <clears throat> as far as as getting into it. Uh, there has to be a passion there has to be a desire to like to to get out of the house to get off the couch to get out of watching netflix and or reading a book nothing's wrong with that but but to get out and and pursue it you know there there's so much this the wilderness and nature has to offer from the sights you see to the fish you catch and and there's just Oh, just just get out and go go do it and <clears throat> whether you do start watching the youtube channels of how to fish what to do you know reach out to me personally i can i'm not gonna badger you like hey let's build you a 300 dollars flyer right. right right you're just getting into it but you know there you you could i just actually last week lent two rods to a kid that that wants to get into it and i'm like here take this you know if this is what you need if you have someone to take you here's a rod here's a reel right. here's some flies like have at her you know if if you need to have any questions let me know yeah and and if you get to the point where you're out on the water the more and that it just takes off the people you meet on the water in the bar whatever you know, talking about fly fishing comes up in conversation you're going to learn stuff you're going to develop your skill set you're right. going to and that for me has led to trips to montana this year we're going to colorado i've fished in florida i've been in smoky mountains in uh, north carolina and, and you learn a little bit along uh a lot not a little bit you learn a lot along the way and the, the little pieces just build a beautiful puzzle to uh an awesome skill set and an awesome hobby that that builds an appreciation for for what's around us and, and to take care of the 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 world that is around us and so many people are just oblivious to what they do what they put in the and I'm, I wouldn't call myself a, a tree hugger, but, and not that there's anything wrong with those people, but <clears throat> I recycle and whatnot. But like when, when you dive into the world of fly fishing, you really, you, you attain a, a higher appreciation for what's around you. Right. And you pay attention, your eyes are open to, to a lot more things. It's, it's wild. Yeah. It's, it's super detailed and. I don't think even trout get the credit that they deserve for 
No, you know, and <laughs> and that's the thing, and that the that's why I think fly fishing is such a a specified special thing because you know these little little brook trout that live in a tiny stream that you don't think them things could ever survive in or maintain year after year up the side of a mountain and and water rushing down the mountainside that could roll a cinder block over the whole way down the hill and these little tiny trout survive year after year over thousands of years of time right you know from that to the the brown trout and how they sustain and reproduce and 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 you along the way you learn the history of how the brown trout came from germany and the the rainbow trout came from western or uh northern california the the mcleod river and the mcleod rainbow trout and the cutthroat trout and yellowstone and and it's just it's a beautiful puzzle to learn about and and pursue the knowledge of yeah it's it's awesome man and like you said the following that's behind it is just it's a good following and it's a community you know the fly fishing community is they're their own thing yeah there there's some good and there's some bad like like we were talking prior to, to starting recording here uh uh, there's a lot of, of uh, <laughs> a shit talking from fly fishermen, and there's a lot of shit talking on fly fishermen. You right. know, like for years it was the the CEOs and the the high end guys with their we call them church shirts, but they're button up, fancy plaid, and they're mm-hmm. prim and proper, clean shaven guys out right. on the water, and and now it's come to where. So many, so much more, uh, many more women are getting into the sport, and so many average guys are getting into the sport, and and it's it's awesome. It's kind of shitty because because it's pressured. I think uh, COVID did that last year to a lot of outdoor things. Yeah, uh, I know myself. The few times I've been on the water so far this year, uh, you definitely notice <laughs> there's a lot more people out there. Uh, from people I talk to that bird hunt to just any kind of hunting or fishing, they're uh, there's a lot more people outside, and yeah. it's it's a good thing to see, but it's it's right. It's good and bad. It's good and bad. Yeah, yeah. it's good for the sport, but it's bad for your spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and yeah, I think fly fishermen do get a bad rap because of how they can be snooty and catch and release and yeah. and do this and do that, and there's rules and and I I consider myself a pretty laid back fly fisherman. I I, I personally catch and release. Uh, I have kept trout before. I think everybody has at some point in their lives. Um, <clears throat> I I, I want to say on that topic, sometimes you got to keep them. You, you yeah. You I mean, if you some, catch right. if you catch a slob wild brown and it, it's legal water to take it, and and that's even arguable at times. I'd say, mm-hmm. uh, not for myself yet, but uh, I mean, I've caught twenty plus inch trout stocked and and whatnot and i've definitely caught 20 inch plus trout out west but you know i personally haven't been in that situation to do i keep this fish or do i not and you only have that little window to like keep that thing healthy and alive and get it back in the water or commit to to taking it and getting it mounted and showing off your trophy yeah no doubt about it and if you fall into a position where there's any blood involved usually it's not going to end well for the fish yeah it's it's not good and at that point you need to make the best decision i mean there's people out there that if it's now one rule i do follow is if that water temperature gets above i think the point's about 67 68 degrees if you're fishing for trout in that warm water and above that trout is likely not going to recover if it swims it may swim away looking perfectly fine but more than likely that trout's going to die right um, anything under that, I'd say you're safe to fish for them. 55's about prime. That's when they're, uh, they're, they're feeding and their metabolism are like ultimate peak. Below 45, their metabolism starts to dive. Uh, and they just really slow down. They're harder to catch. Um, <clears throat> where I was going with that, like, so there's people that don't fish the high end of the temperature spectrum and there's people that don't fish the low end of the temperature spectrum because that's not good for the fish as far right. as catching and releasing them 
Yeah. And obviously, like, taking into account how long you fight them, how much you wear them out, how much oxygen's in the water, and, and there's a million variables you'll learn about if you choose to dive into the, the sport itself. So, as far as fly rods, you're in a process of building one, right? Mm-hmm. What is, if I was to call you, what's the first question you're going to ask me? I say, hey, Dean, I want you to build me a fly rod. What are you doing? We can be, uh, there's basically three, three, uh, I guess you'd say methods to your standard trout fly fishing. You got nymphing subsurface, nymphing is subsurface fishing, fishing bugs under the water. Um, you're typically looking now with the Euro style nymphing, uh, a 10 foot three weight, 11 foot two weight around that up, down weights, up, down in lengths. Uh, not to say you can't fish nymphs with a nine foot five weight, which is the most common all around rod. Everyone will tell you that if you're getting into it, pick up a nine foot five weight, nine foot four weight. It'll do everything you need to do. It'll okay. throw the nymphs, it'll throw the dries, and it'll throw the streamers. But as far as dry fishing, fly fishing goes, um, I personally like a nine foot four weight. And as far as streamers go, I know you typically want around a nine foot six or seven weight, and you can go longer, shorter, stiffer, or lighter. You know, there there's so many. <clears throat> it's crazy where you can go with it, and and how many variables there are, and and until you get into it and get out there and start casting and start fishing and start learning, you're not going to know exactly what you want, and that's why I think everyone needs to start out with a store bought rod. Uh, unless you're just looking for a general, like I said, nine foot five weight rod that is custom and what you want and the colors and cork and everything you, you desire and, and can use that for everything. But I personally, I couldn't even tell you how many rods I have. (laughs) It's, it's an addiction. Once you start, you don't stop. And now I'm at the point where I'm looking to sell the rods I've bought and replace my whole arsenal with personally built rods, you know, and that's where where i'm at with it so so yeah like uh getting back to what you asked the initial question uh yeah so what are you doing what what are you doing do you have a favorite color um i can show you the different styles corks there are the different shapes and whatnot um some people uh want say a little white trim band at 20 inches 24 inches to lay that trout beside the rod and know a quick reference Instead of taking the time to <clears throat> pull out a tape measure and everything. And and like one guy, uh, Mike, my buddy, he... Uh, a lot of fly rods actually don't have hook keeps. Which, <clears throat> again, with the equipment I've bought, I can add that to any rod. Um, but he specifically likes his hook keep four to five inches above the end of the cork. Because he likes, when he's carrying his rod, he likes to hold it there. Sometimes he even fishes it holding it there. And if a rod comes with a hook keep right there, it's pretty uncomfortable to have your finger wrapped around that thing. So, And the the possibilities are just endless from all the components and how fancy you want to go with even the initial blank. You can spend $60 on a blank, which is just a blank carbon fiber stick, whether it's one piece, two, four pieces, whatever, all the way up to, I think the the most expensive build I'm going to be doing, it's starting out with a $450 Sage blank, Um, and, and that's typically about what they run half of what your built rod would cost, so say... I I can't quote anything, but a Sage uh, ESN rod might be eight ninety nine new. Mm-hmm. You can get that blank for around three four hundred dollars and okay. build it the way you want it, and have the now, performance of that blank. The, when you say a blank, does that come with? That is just... just a stick, okay. a carbon fiber stick. No guides, no thread, no cork, no cork, nothing. No real seat, nothing. Yeah, see, I don't know nothing about fly rods fishing. So, I mean, you said you could do spinning rods, though, too. Yeah, yeah, and like I'm in the process of building my first one of those, and I'm actually thinking it's going to be, other than the, the handle's a little more tricky. I mean, it's not one seven-inch long piece of cork. It's split grip, the little fighting button, the, the foregrip, hand grip, top grip, and the real seat and everything's a little more involved than a, than a fly rod handle. 
but as far as the, it being a one-piece rod and <clears throat> a lot less guides and a lot shorter <laughs> uh, i think it's going to be an awesome turnout and, and may even uh in the future come to realize that they're a lot easier to build than fly rods typically you're building with or dealing with a lot longer rods a lot more guides with a fly rod right. i know i personally like typically around a 10 foot rod for just about anything i do other yeah. than dries i know for all of my spinning reels or uh, spinning rods are all they're all seven footers which is you know i know guys that i tell they're like you use a seven foot rod on on a crick and like yeah the bigger the better they look at me like i have six heads like what do you do when you walk through <laughs> the you know the, the weeds and the trees it's like well i just protect the rod what do you mean yeah you right know? I don't need an ugly stick like you guys, you know, <laughs> banging it all around and all that shit. But, yeah. Yeah, I, carrying a, a 10-foot pole through the, the brush and thicket in Pennsylvania is, is not a fun task. And one, one thing I will say, word of advice, do not carry that rod, especially if it's a sectioned rod, into the woods without line strung through your guides. I was fishing... Where the hell was I? We're, just, we're not going to disclose that information. Yeah, I, would, I, would, I would just say I you, was, were, uh, you were in the woods fishing. It was man. a slow day anyway, but I forget what what stream we were fishing. I I was we were I was nymphing. My two buddies were fishing, and I was walking upstream, fishing, 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 and uh, saw some some trout rising across the stream under a, a low laying branch. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to run back to my car. I had a ten foot three weight. Absolutely difficult to throw dry with, especially with a Euro nymph line. A very thin no no body weight there to get your fly laid out and i was like i'm gonna run back to the car and grab my sage and so i run back grab my nine foot four weight stick it together oh, i'll get the line leader through it back when i get back to my spot and i walked all i would say 200 yards back to there and i'm thinking i should have put string through that you know what if this thing gets <laughs> stuck on a branch or section comes off and i don't realize mm -hmm. it and sure shit i went to string out lines through the guides and that end piece was missing and i'm like oh boy and back tracing my steps i went and after about three times back and forth i found it in a very thin branch hanging above water <laughs> and that's uh that's a 650 dollar rod itself so i i would have been in a little bit of a <laughs> upset state if i wouldn't have found it <laughs> hey it's just money right right yeah <laughs> comes and goes right right um so we talked a little bit about uh you know what weight rod kind of got into that conversation like you said if you're new to it maybe start with something that's store-bought kind of fill it out see where you're at on it before you make the plunge you know into yeah. spending spending a little bit of money to to, to fuel your passion Let's talk a little bit about the kind of fishing that you like to do. I personally, I think everybody that pictures, when you say fly fishing, everyone's thinking dry flies. Dry fly fishing, that fancy casting back and forth with the low sun in the sky and, and the, the, whether it's morning, evening, whatever. Uh, but, that, but just that picturesque movie scene guys standing in the stream waiting there casting back and forth and presenting that small delicate dry fly on top of the water and a trout jumping out of the water and taking it right everyone thinks that uh i forget what the percentage is it's argued but 70 to 80 percent of a trout's diet is subsurface so that's that's your nymphing that's uh all under the water bugs and pretty much everybody that gets into fly fishing that's where they start and i know i've spent several years nymphing and and learning that game and and at some point i just i'm like you know what i think i'm ready for the next step and, and that was the dry flies and it was entailed buying a new rod and a little different equipment and i haven't gotten the tying the dries yet i mostly just tie nymphs and not a whole lot of streamers either but but dry fly fishing is definitely my favorite thing to do and i think every that's just about everybody's uh <clears throat> favorite yeah. um it's it's by far the most exciting take 
Uh, it can be argued that the streamer takes a lot more exciting, but it's you don't get the visual satisfaction that you do on a dry fly take, you know. Yep. Nymphing, you're under the water, you can't see it, it's mostly feel. But that dry fly landing on top of the water and a trout jumping up and taking it or sipping it off the top is just truly uh, an amazing thing to watch and, and to be a part of. Uh, and then the next step from there, which I just I don't think I'm there yet, is the streamer fishing, and uh, uh, a lot of people do that. It's it's uh, it's it's not my ball game yet. Right. I, I'll just simply say that you know it's a lot of work for a little bit of reward, and and not to say people don't go out there and crush on streamers, but but typically you are catching territorial fish. You're catching uh <clears throat> bigger fish typically because they're uh, uh territorial and whatnot but it's just it's not my game yet and i'm i'm happy where i'm at and i'm making the most out of it same as where i'm at in life and uh don't rush things <laughs> you know you'll know when you're ready to to, to to take the next step but but yeah dry flies are definitely my my go-to now and <clears throat> And and aside from that, I mean, fly the fly fishing journey in itself from wanting to learn, wanting to get better, and then it's like, oh, I want to catch so many fish, I want to go catch twenty fish a day, and and it happens. Trust me, it'll happen if if you put the time in. It definitely happens. It's it's truly rewarding when it does happen. But I I'd say for myself right now, uh, oh, and then you got the headhunters. They just want big fish. Right. They don't care. They, they could catch 7 to 18-inch trout all day. They wouldn't be happy because they want a 24-inch slob, you know, right. or bigger than that. <clears throat> but there's people that go out there and, and even out west that just are not satisfied with your cookie-cutter fish. And... And I'm I'm not even there, you know. I'm past that. I've wanted to catch huge fish. Everybody does. I have not caught super big fish, but uh, I'm just I'm there for the experience, you know. Being out in nature and uh, <clears throat> listening to the water and enjoying the experience. And if you catch fish, you catch fish. If you don't, you don't. And and some people might say that's an excuse for a shitty fisherman, <laughs> but but it's I, did, I, did, I, I personally don't think it's the case. You know, and uh, but it is, it's all about the experience. I've fished in sub 30 degree weather, I've fished in near freezing water, I fell into near freezing water and got water completely through my waders before. I've fished sweating hot days in Montana, but the water's still cold enough to fish, right? You know, I fished the extreme conditions. Does anybody want to do it all the time, uh, other than just? proven you have an ego you know right and, and i'm past that you know if it's if it and i used to track the the moon phase the barometric pressure the temperature the everything and you know i i looked at it and i'm like you know if i just keep doing this <clears throat> i'm gonna get to a point where like i think i know what the ideal conditions are and i'm only gonna fish when it's ideal no, that's that's not what it's about. That's not what life's about. You know, if you want to go fish, go fish. So now I'm at the point where if it is 32 degrees out and the water's near that and the trout may be heavily feeding, maybe, well, I know they're not, but if I want to go fish, I'm going to go fishing. Right. You know, I'm going to go have a good time and, and give some time to myself or spend some time with a good friend on the water. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree anymore. That's why I promote fishing so much because... I know that that's definitely one of the easiest places that I find myself all the time. You know, I, whatever state of mind it is that you get in there when you're on the creek is just... Yeah, it's, it's a place to... And I, I'll admit, you know, there's times where I went fishing to get away from my day-to-day -day worries or, or stressful life and uh, and not succeeded. But but most of the time, it, it is the right dose of... Uh, <clears throat> uh, the the right dose of nature that, that heals that and and you can let the world melt away and let let yourself know that that there's bigger things at hand and and <clears throat> we're in a big world and not to let the little things bother you yeah absolutely so i got to kind of know what you know what you like to fish and how you like to fish what 
fish do you like to fish? Do you like to fish the stocked Pennsylvania trout? Are you looking for wild browns? Are you looking for native brooks? Are you looking for wild rainbows? What is your what's on your agenda whenever you wake up in the morning? Hey, I'm gonna go fishing. If I am waking up on a Saturday or Sunday morning early to go fishing, I am looking to drive to wild trout water. And that is typically speaking your brown trout, wild PA trout. Um <clears throat> not native. A lot of people call brown trout natives. They're not native. Correct. Brook trouts are native. Right, right. Um and and you know, that was something that fly fishing even taught me itself. You know, I used to my brook trout brook trout was was my favorite fish. You know, I thought they were beautiful. I thought they were incredible that they the way they live and the way they survive and maintain um but and i guess this contradicts my earlier conversation but the the size just isn't there right you know it's awesome to go backpack up a mountainside and catch finger length uh brook trout on a 18 l caracatus fish after fish after fish and it gets boring after a while but it is fun it's exciting and it's it's rewarding in itself but the challenge of fishing for wild brown trout in this state is just exciting. Yeah. And I'm not saying that the dumb down stock fish. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with fishing for stock trout. But there's just something different. They're not as easy to catch. They're not as plentiful. They, they're picky. They're fun. They're strong. Especially, like I said, when that water gets up to about 55, they are fun to catch. They're fun to fish for. And it might be perfect conditions. The water might be just a little tinge of green, you know, colored up a little bit. And the conditions are all right. And you might not catch a fish. <clears throat> and some days the stars align. Sometimes they don't. That's fishing. Me and my buddy always say, fishing's fishing. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> it's not called catching. It's called fishing. We. Uh, this is after the six beer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know that—that's what it's all about. Yeah, it and is. we, it me is. and Mike, say that all the time. You know, it's not about where we go and what we do and how many fish we catch. It's about the 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 memories we make and the experiences we have. Yeah. Uh, we were recently, uh, <clears throat> out of state fishing for uh, in some salt water, and and we the some uh variables were for us some against us and we came back empty-handed but you know we had a damn good time we laughed we drank we we bullshitted and we had fun you know and that's what it's all about yep absolutely so i'm the same as you if it's involved a wild brown i can't get enough of it now your target and my target might be a little different whereas i'm shooting for a 20 inch wild brown right yeah Okay, that's that's the line. If you get to that the twenty mark, that's oh yeah, and it's it's weird because it seems like the fish you catch just hang underneath of that. Yeah, I've caught in undisclosed areas in PA several, and uh, one instance specifically uh, on my uh, my drift uh, raft, drift boat, whatever you want to call it, a little three seater raft for for drifting down the rivers in, in PA. We bought it for. Um, a long drift long long trip of the day and it wasn't till we were just about 50 yards from pulling out and and i successfully targeted and landed three 17 to 19 inch brown trout on the same dry fly uh within a matter of a half hour feeding in the same spot and and i tell you what that was just that was amazing but it's it's just a thing like they hang that 20 inch mark is just something that it's yeah. like they're either over it or under it and most of the damn time they're under it they're they're a really incredible trout and like you said the the native brook trout boy they're awesome looking there's oh, no two yeah. ways about yeah, it yeah definitely and uh i i'd like to go down I, I guess there's there's a real big thing for big brook trout down in i, I guess virginia virginia west virginia somewhere down there I guess they they get a little bigger in size. So let's talk about where I know a lot of guys always are looking or they see guys like me or you catching wild browns, right? And Mm -hmm. they want to know where we're fishing, obviously, which we're never going to give up. But 
if you were to talk to somebody and they asked you, hey, Dean, I'm, I'm looking for wild browns. I'm actively seeking wild browns. What does Dean see when you're looking to fish a creek for a wild brown? Like where to go? Yeah. I, I don't think it's any secret, and that's why I'll throw it out there. But the, the Little Juniata is just an amazing river. Yeah. I love it. It's the first place I ever went. Um, it's a beautiful stream with tons of access. I mean, it's no secret. It's in the books. It's on the Facebook. It's advertised. Not advertised, but it's pushed it, out. It's there. it's out there, yeah. and there's trout there. Um, I don't think the population's anywhere what it used to be. I never got to see the river in its prime, um, but <clears throat> uh, some argue that it's in its prime now due to the the chemical spill back whenever that happened. Uh, but but the the twenty inch plus fish in that stream are few and far between, to my knowledge. Maybe I'm a shitty fisherman. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but there's there's big fish to be had. I think that's uh, speaking for any stream. They're just they're hard to catch, and they know they got that big for a reason. And, and they're they're hard to catch, and they know where they're at, and uh, and they're hiding. You know. Yeah. And that's why I got a boat, so I can access parts of the river that not everybody gets right. to. When you fish for wild browns, do you normally fish more mountainous area, or do you fish more valley area? It's, yeah, it's typically your uh, your lime stream uh, type. Yeah. Not not typically mountain uh, yep. water. It, it's all... Flat, open. I mean, they're they're yeah. typically decent gradient to the water, but but yeah, it's usually flat flowing streams around here that, yeah. that hold the. the That's water probably all the further we'll go with this. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll leave it at that. But that yeah, we'll talk amongst after. <laughs> yeah, but so we're talking about wild browns. We talked about native trout. You know, I don't think it's no secret that you catch native brook trout in the hills. Oh yeah, in the colder water. Yeah, and and there's some other places, but they're just they're such a fragile, yeah. fragile fish, and they just they don't survive as well as the browns. They don't survive as well as the rainbows. Yeah, they're they're very. And like you were saying before about having a ten foot rod. Well, if you're gonna go for those fish, then you should probably use the biggest rod you can get in the yeah. woods. Yeah. So I mean, because you know your raccoons and all that they can get up on the water your birds of prey everything is yeah they're not stupid you better be a damn good caster (laughs) they are very smart fish but like you said it's super rewarding it's a lot of work but it's super rewarding um yeah and when you find yourself in that environment if there's brook trout in that water it's good water yeah like uh uh, for any trout in that matter for any uh water that trout are in it is good water and not talking shit on bass or whatever other fish you want to talk Warm about water fish, right? um trout live in beautiful places it's as simple as that it's clean water it's good water like and it just it makes me sick to my stomach when you go to these places that these trout can thrive in and you find the beer cans and the candy wrappers and god just pick up after yourself you know like you go out to montana i don't know if you've been out there personally or any state out west for that matter wyoming colorado wherever you find yourself um those people take care of their their environment you know there there's nowhere near the amount of litter if any very rarely do you see litter out there you know people pick up people are mindful what they're what they're throwing on the ground and it pennsylvania i'd say it might be the worst thing about the state is how careless people are about this people, beautiful state we have. A lot of people in the state don't realize what we have. Yeah. Okay. You and, know. and that's something I want to get into, too. Could you imagine a state if you could go to these cricks that you see all over the place and they weren't polluted with any type of acidity? Yeah. Oh, my. Because you already know how good the fishing is here. So. Yeah. You said that you've fished a lot of other states, and the states that you're talking about are world-renowned. Oh, okay? yes. How does Pennsylvania compare to those states? Um, I think it's just partial to its own sweet little chunk of northeastern United States. Um, Pennsylvania, you know, we, we got some mountains. We got 
uh, the valleys. We got awesome streams. We got some good water. And I, th I think, um, like out west, the, tr the, the streams are, are so much bigger and you're getting the mountain uh, melt off throughout the summer for colder water throughout the year. Uh, more bug life, more animal life, and them trout are just able to thrive and get big. Pennsylvania, they don't get as big, but it's it's just its own thing uh, to it's its own state to appreciate in the style you fish it. And I mean, from the the steelhead and eerie to the the musky and uh, and pike to to whatever uh, bodies of water they're in, and the trout themselves and and the streams. Um, it's not the biggest fish you're gonna catch. It's not the most plentiful fish you're gonna catch, but it's its own unique like beauty in itself of of the population of fish that live in this state. And uh, and yeah, yeah, like like you're saying, like if people would take care of the state, the the results would be. Oh, it'd be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's easy for me to to say that too, because I come from the other side of the hunting side too. Be we have an enormous amount of public land in Pennsylvania. Enormous. Oh, yeah. If you look at our state yes. compared to other states, it's not even comparable to a lot of other states. And people just don't really realize that. You know, there's a lot of streams, and I'm not going to point it out any streams, <laughs> right. but there's a lot of streams. You know, hint, hint, anybody that's listening, you should probably look at the game lands because there's a yeah. lot of streams They're that, there. that run through there. You know, uh, national, uh, uh, you know, federal lands and whatnot. Same thing. Same thing. Uh, yeah, they're protected. And out west, you know, like you can fish not where you want. You kind of got to be careful because they don't post their land out there. And if right. you're on the wrong guy's land, you might be getting shot at. Uh, but, but yeah, it, it doesn't matter out there because, like, back to the, the pollution, like, it's it's not as much of an issue because people realize what they have and they don't take it for granted. And, and it, it's like, you understand that, that uh, how whatever percentage of the population in PA, whether they're outdoorsy people or not, you know, just pick up after yourself. Right. Or not even pick up after yourself. Take care of your garbage. Yeah. Don't put it on the ground for anybody to pick up, including yourself. Like, that just agree. throw it away. You know, there's a garbage can at Sheets right by the gas pump. Throw it out there. Yeah. Don't throw it on out the window. Yeah. Oh, that's something I never understood. But like you said, I, I wish it wasn't like that, but it is. But we have to do our part as fishermen then, and we pick that shit up, you know? Yeah, I like, personally, uh, can't say I do it every single time. I'd like to, though. Throw a, a grocery bag in your pack, and wherever you're fishing, you know, fill it up on the way out. Yeah. It's that simple. You might not get all of it. You might only pick up a few things, but... It's something. It's making it better. And if two out of five people do that day to day, the world's going to be a better place. Yeah. So this year, what are your goals going into this year fishing? Have you been on the stream yet? I have. Not as much as I'd like to. We all say that. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I'll preach that uh, you need to do what you need to do day to day to make yourself happy. And, and I think everybody fails to do that. Everybody needs told to do what to make themselves happy more often. Um, but like I said, we just, I just got back from uh, a salt trip, uh, <clears throat> doing my annual spring fishing trip a week long, uh, coming up here in, we usually typically do it around the opening day. Um, and then July, probably two, three weeks of July, I'm going to be in Colorado. Yeah, that's freaking awesome. And then my fall fishing trip, same thing as the spring. And and those are the big ones, and obviously fish all in between. And keep pumping the rods out in between all that to keep some people happy and, yeah. and make some progress there. I think that the rod business is going to, it's really going to take off for you, man. Well, I'm excited, you know. Um, the biggest thing, uh, like we were saying, you know, I, I love my day job. And I, it's, it's uh, waiting that line of to go, how far do you go with it? Yeah. You know, cause like anything in life, if you put your mind to it, like the, the results are, yeah. the sky's the limit, you know. Well, you're already on top because you don't mind what you do every day. 
Yeah. If you can wake you up know? and go to work happy, then you're yeah. already you're I'm, already better ninety percent. Yeah, I love my day job, and I don't want the the rod building to cut into that, but I enjoy it probably just as much, if not more, as my day job. But I'd like to keep it borderline hobby business type deal and uh and see where it goes you know keep pumping out custom orders one at a time and keep people happy and <clears throat> satisfy the warranty claims if there are any unfortunately yeah. <laughs> um those are the ugly stick guys yeah yeah exactly <laughs> oh yeah just throw it in the trunk it'll be all right uh, <laughs> roll the window up snap yep yep it happens it happens yeah it happens pretty easily actually so we got let's get back to what your goals are right now. You got your trips set up, so we know you got a couple trips. Is there anything else on your list you'd like to check off this year? Um I hmm. I don't know, Colorado's a big thing. I'm super excited for that trip. Uh and like I said, we I me and my buddy Mike, we don't cut take shortcuts when we go out west. Our first year in 16, we spent a week on the Madison River. Um, the next year, <clears throat> the I've been out there four times. And typically it's just uh, 8 to 12, even 15 days bouncing around all over the state. Um, just pick a few rivers and, and go fish them. Last year we did two weeks not necessarily back country. I mean, there were definitely some spots where we were far from a hospital and far from any help or groceries. Right. Um, and two weeks of not showering, just taking rinsing off in the water and taking white baths. Right. Uh, oh yeah. It uh, it, you you gain a respect for for what life is <laughs> and uh, and how things go and how to survive and whatnot. And and I'm just I'm kind of really. Really excited and looking forward to Colorado this year. Um, and in between that, uh, I'd say just the general goal is to, I think everybody says it every year, to fish more. Uh, but uh, predominantly just to, to, to uh, yeah, to fish more and to keep find a better balance of maintaining my, my work, my fire rods, and my fishing and Making progress and keeping a good balance, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, not getting too too involved with the work, not getting too involved with the rod building, and not getting too involved with the fishing and putting everything else to the wayside. Just finding finding a better balance. I think everybody needs to do that. You know, you got you got to give yourself time. You got to give uh, from from mental health to to physical health to to everything. A lot of people fail to do that. Yeah. It's hard, man. It's hard. That's that's easy to preach to a lot of people. Just especially you're talking about walking that line. Well, that line's razor thin. Yeah. So you you have a hard time staying on that line. Don't get me wrong. Your body and your mind know when you're on that line because you oh, feel yeah. like yeah, a million dollars. Yeah, it'll tell you. It'll tell and you. When you're off that line, it'll tell you too. But like you were saying, I think the hardest part for what you're into is you really want to build the rods, and that's great. We want to fish at the same time, and it's yeah. You it's want hard. to fish, and and like work is work. That's going to be their day to day, regardless. You got to do that to survive. You know, other mm -hmm. outside of that, it's it's family, friends, and, and having fun. And like I personally am a pretty big family and and friend oriented person. You know, you got to make time for your buddies. You got to make time for your family. They're not going to be there forever. And I always say that you know tomorrow's never promised and. It's finding that happy balance and maintaining what you do. You know, I try to visit my grandparents. I try to visit my dad, have a beer with him, my brother, everybody. And it's just life's a... There's not enough I think time. that's the... Yeah, finding finding that balance in life is, is the most important thing. Yeah. So, what... I, I know you say you guys are backpacking out there and you're, you're out there for a long period of time. You know, you're bathing in the creek and, and all that. What are three items? I'm gonna to try to keep it to three that oh you boy. gotta put in that backpack <laughs> before you leave. Three items. Whew. Well, nobody likes starting a fire with a twig okay. and some kindling, so 
I'd say lighter, not the cheap out or, <laughs> or not be, to be less of a man. But yeah, I'm there. With I you. tell you right now, every time we started a fire, it wasn't with the old uh, rubbing two sticks together method. Yeah, <laughs> we tried it with the uh, them fire spark magnesium uh-huh. whatever things a few times. It does work. Yeah, but you got to have some dry stuff around. That's for sure. Uh, so yeah, lighter, and then I guess whether your priority is survival or fishing. Um, cause fishing requires a lot more than three items. <laughs> well, we won't say, let's not do the fishing stuff. Cause you're going to take yeah. that anyway. Yeah. Survival. So, um, I personally, you got to have one or the other. You got to have wipes. You got to have toilet paper. Yeah. I'm, I'm not scrounging around <laughs> and wiping my ass with, uh, yeah. with some leaf. I don't know what it is. Right. And, and if you're, like I said, if you're, two weeks no shower you definitely want to make sure you're cleaned up yeah. so. I, that would be number probably number one on my list yeah 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 so see i was more concerned about the fire yeah <laughs> <laughs> keep it warm because i tell you what yeah we went and uh we typically go in july this year we went this past year 2020 we went in august and the temperatures were a little different not crazy different but you're looking your typical uh june july august i don't want to speak for all three at the same time but you're pushing 85 90 degrees during the day and the nighttime you are looking 50 to 55 degrees right and like right now we're sitting here in pennsylvania in what in march now and and 55 degrees is pretty comfortable oh yeah but when you experience 90 degree day day, day after day and you get down to 50 55 mm-hmm. at night you're cold. Yeah. Your yeah. body doesn't adjust to it. Yeah. Yep. So you got to be prepared for that, especially when it's like, oh, well, we're not getting a cabin. Like, we're either cuddling up to the fire or wrapping up. And <clears throat> I slept in a hammock most of the time. Uh, we took hammocks, tents, whatever. And uh, I tell you what, that's the best sleep I ever had in yeah. a hammock. I started doing that two years ago. And uh, oh, it's amazing. Get yourself a good sleeping bag and a hammock, and you'll you can sleep anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I I don't have the hammock, but I got the good sleeping bag, and that was a good investment for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I the one night I want to say it dipped around forty degrees, and I slept in my hammock, and that, and I was in my underwear in that sleeping bag. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it it's well worth the investment. Yeah, they are getting out in the morning's not very fun. But right, <laughs> right. Definitely keep you well, warm at night. What's fun is getting up, knowing what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. So, well, we got two items. So we've got toilet paper or wipes, and we got a, a fire starter. So one fire one starter. more that you're going to... last thing? Hmm. Well, if you have your fish and stuff, I guess you can catch food. You have food. Uh, you got maybe your buddy, buddies, whatever. <clears throat> I wouldn't say alcohol is a necessity, <laughs> but it makes... A good time better. Yeah. It, <laughs> it really does. You know, yeah. if you're sitting around the fire after a long, maybe empty-handed day of fishing and a few beers and buddies around a fire mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere, Montana, it's, it's That's, pretty the awesome. Smile just Not feels much to complain about. I yeah. mean, end of the fishing in general out there, you can be not catch a damn thing all day, but we always say, you know, don't spend the whole day staring at the water. Look up. Look up, look around, see what's around you. And you see them snow-covered mountaintops in right. July. It's pretty awesome. Well, would that would that kind of trip be something that you guys would plan on doing in, in like Pennsylvania anywhere? Maybe going up to PA Wilds, something like that. That is, uh, yeah. I I I revisiting your earlier question about a goal for this year. That's one thing I do want to do is fish more water. You know, you right. read. You can pick up any book about fishing in PA, and the stream list is just, it goes on and on and on and on and on. And I mean, if it's clean water and there's water moving, like, it's likely there's trout in it in this state. Yeah. And, I mean, and that's the thing, you know, you said earlier about uh, bucket list stuff and whatnot. I've personally been out west talking to people and they're like oh you're from pennsylvania i always wanted to fish a little juniata mm-hmm. and it's like dude i fish it all the time and they're yeah. like oh i fish at madison all the time madison is not my favorite river but just for example right like there's people living in a world-renowned state for fly fishing saying they want to fish a stream that's 
35, 40 minutes from my house. Yeah. Well, and not to stop you there, but that's one thing that I'd really like to promote. I want people to understand this area that we live in. Oh, it is so it is, rich. The wildlife is so rich yes. and nobody realizes it. There's so many streams. There's so many animals to yeah. hunt for, to fish for, to... It's crazy, yeah. you know? And I know there's people that would argue this with me, but I feel that the... I'm going to say the Quad County area that we're out of right here. Like Blair, are we allowed to say where yeah, we're yeah. at? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, everybody knows where we're at, so. Blair, Cambria, Clearfield, what would mm-hmm. you just Probably Center. Center County. Maybe Hun- maybe Huntington. All right. Um, The fishing is, I'd say it's the best of yeah, Pennsylvania. Yeah, very good section for sure. Yeah. 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 No, don't get me wrong. I know that there's really good fish in other places, and I've oh, yeah. been around too. Yeah, but... far, far east, you know, there, there's some good right. water out there. I have not personally ventured. I usually typically go north, different bearings and right. distances. Yeah. I'm not going to get specific. Right. I understand. <laughs> I understand. I will say that I do go north too. So, um, But yeah, there are areas really wonderful. I I would highly recommend anybody who's listening who never fished a little jay, jump in your car, truck, whatever. Make a day out of it. Yeah. I, I enjoy no doing secret. it. Yep. Get out there. Talk to people, you know, yeah. there you, you'll fish and, and sometimes you'll be the guy. Sometimes the guy you see will be that guy that, that either wants to talk or doesn't want to talk. But like, if they're not an asshole, you know, they'll talk to you. Yeah. I've met yeah. some of the best dudes I've ever talked to on a creek. Yeah. And I, I countless old guys that some reason just want to watch you fish. They just, yeah. they'll May pack their stuff away a, and just start talking to you. Yeah. May lead to a, a lifelong uh, friendship. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You never know. That's. That's one thing about fishing, and it really draws people together. And that's outdoors totally. You know, that's why that's great. We see all these people back out with coronavirus or COVID, whatever you want to call it. We were saying, you know, it's great to see all the people out, but damn, you know, you're in my spot (laughs) or, you know, whatever the case. Uh, But it is really good to see all these people flourishing. And, And you know it is because if you go into any of the local yokel outdoor stores and anything, I'm look at gun sales, look at ammunition sales, look at. Anything outdoors, people are starting to get back into it, which yeah, is great because we definitely. we need it. Yeah, because the more people that, that realize what's here and the more people that take care of it, the better it's yeah. going to maintain for future generations to come. Right. And that's the way that it has to be. And that's another big thing I really push to everybody is if you know a young person that needs help or wants to go fishing, what are you waiting for? Yeah. Get them out Get out there, there and go. Yeah. They, they, they're the future and they really are. So, but I want to be sensitive to your time, man. So I want to go over the business one more time before we, we get done with this. I just want you to, you know, give all your information out there and, and promote yourself. Yeah. I have a, uh, a Facebook page, which is in the beginning, uh, stages of development. I wouldn't say to go there for contact. I do have a, a, straight uh red beard fly rod co instagram page you can go ahead and search that and find me on there um my personal instagram's on there keystone fly guy 93 yeah just send me a message if you're looking to throw around uh, uh ordering a rod and i can give you a time frame of what we're looking at and uh we can even set up the drink a beer or bullshit and look over thread colors and cork options and what you're fishing for and what you want to do. Um, my prices I'd say are pretty reasonable right now <laughs> being that I'm only a year into it. But, uh, as far as uh, warranty goes, you know, I'm a pretty straight up guy. If I, this definitely something that I did or messed up, I'm going to take care of it and fix it the best I can. Right. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, that's all I have for now is, is my Instagram page. And um, let them know what the name of it is again. Redbeard Fly Rod Co. And it was argued that I should have just done Redbeard Rod Co., but I started my passion with fly rods, mm-hmm. and that's where it's at. Well, there's and, nothing uh, wrong with that. I mean, yeah. anybody could call you to ask the question, hey, can you build me a spinning rod? Sure. Exactly. You know? I can, can throw you a price. And, and, and as long as you have, and whether I help you reach uh, deciding what you wanted, what you want. Um, as long as you have a little bit of an idea of what you want to do and what you want to fish for, it can lead us in the right direction of, 
of what we want to build and how much money you want to spend and, right. and whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah, man. I think it's awesome. I don't think you'll have any hard time getting it off its feet. Yeah, we'll be doing another another t-shirt order hopefully within the next month or so get some some more advertisement out there and take take more steps to to get bigger with it and and see where it goes yeah it's awesome well man i really appreciate you coming on i'd love to have you again on the keystone chronicles next time we'll uh yeah we'll get a little bit more in depth but with some fish and stuff like i said it's it's hard because you get excited and you're like well, I was fishing, and you're like, oh, man, I don't want to say that. And I get that. So um, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you coming by the studio because the phone calls are great, but, you know, the in-person quality. Yeah, happy is, to be here for sure. Is a lot better. Definitely. So I know you're here drinking all my beer. No, you brought your own beer. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you come on, and, and we'll have you on soon again. Hell yeah, man. Happy to be here. Good right, times. Man. Enjoy your season. All right, guys, that's another episode and a wrap for the Keystone Chronicles podcast. Thanks for being patient with me, guys. Uh, I've been working a lot of overtime trying to keep up with the podcast, and I I really enjoy doing it. I don't want to make it a chore, so thanks for your patience. And uh, I will give you a little hint and something pretty exciting for something to come here. Um, If you're a black powder guy, (laughs) you might want to stay tuned because I got an episode coming up here for you that... uh, that's going to be good for our Pennsylvania guys. I, I really I really think that you guys are going to enjoy that. So lots of gun talk coming up, put it that way. So thank you guys for listening. Thanks for being patient with me. And once again, you guys want to do a huge solid for us. Go ahead, get on the platform that you're listening to and subscribe and comment, rate, all that fun stuff. Go like the Keystone Chronicles pages, Facebook, Instagram. You guys know the deal. So until next time, guys, God bless.